You know, I, I, and, and not just a, a temporary change, not just a change that lasts for a moment or a day or a week or even a month, but lasting change that really transform our lives. And in week one, we looked at the first step here, and the first step of the, uh, of the process fundamentally is to change your perspective on the situation. Change the way you look at your situation. Whatever it is that you're trying to get unstuck from, you have to approach it with a different perspective. So it's changing your perspective. You know, your situation, it may, by, by all evidence and by everything this, that you are looking at, it may seem like or it may feel like it's, there's no way out. It may feel like it's going to last forever, but it won't. It won't. It, you know, it, it, it may appear that there's no way out, but there really is. So we need to realize that no matter what we see or don't see, God is at work in our situation. He is at work to set us free. That's what Jesus promised his followers. So because of that, you can dare to begin to hope again. You can begin to dare to hope for change. You can begin to dare to hope that you are going to get unstuck because the situation is not what it feels like or what it seems, and there is a way out. In week two, we looked at the second step, and that is that um, uh, uh, you can't wait until you feel good in order to be able to act in order to be able to do something, in order to be able to do good. You can't wait until you feel good to do something. You just do it now. You just act now. You, you do good first. You know, so we talked about taking care of yourself physically because when you're physically run down, when you're physically shot, you're physically exhausted, um, uh, then... Uh, uh, you're really, your mind is not thinking clearly, your mind is not thinking right, you're physically just shot, you're emotionally and mentally drained as well. So you need to take care of yourself physically, and then rather than, you know, our tendency is a lot of times to just focus in or just look at ourselves, because our problem is, you know, seems so huge. When we're trying to get unstuck, it's like we're in a pit that we're trying to get all out of, and all we can see is the walls of that pit that, that we're in. or or the bars of the prison that we're in, whatever it is, you know, that's keeping us in. So uh, what we do then is to begin to to reach out to serve others. We look for other people that we can serve, other people whose lives we can touch, other people that we can minister to, because it's as we do that that that, uh, we begin to see that there's something outside of our own issues, of our own problems, of our own prison, of our own walls that we're in. So we reach out to serve others. And as we do those things, as we take care of ourselves physically and we reach out to serve others, we continue, continue, continue to seek the presence of God. There is nothing like the life-changing presence of God. So we continue to seek his presence in our life. And, and, you know, so regardless of how we feel, we do things that we know we should do. We do good things. And when we do good things, then we begin, the, 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 you know, we do them whether we feel like them or not, but then the feelings begin to come. 
and our mindset begins to change, and then our life begins to change, and, and our life begins to become good. Not problem-free. There's a huge difference between a good life and a problem-free life. A good life is extremely possible in Jesus Christ. A problem-free life, we're not going to see until kingdom come, literally. So today, I want to talk about the third step to finding freedom uh, and, and getting unstuck, and that is to learn to make the most of every single day. In order to truly live free, in order to truly live a life of freedom and a victorious life, we need to understand one fundamental truth. Success only lasts a day. Freedom only lasts a day. Victory just lasts a day. And then tomorrow, it's time to do it all over again. It's time to go back and do it again. See, the life of freedom, the life of liberty that we have in Christ is lived out one day at a time. We don't reach a place where all of a sudden we can just stop and coast in victory or in freedom and, and never have to. We, we, it's, it's not that we work to earn it, it's not, but, but there are things that we need to do every single day to be able to live in the freedom that God gives us. It's not something that, you know, now I've reached it, I'm good for forever. It's one day at a time. One day at a time, and then we go back and do it again. In Psalm, the book of Psalms, King David makes this prayer. Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Here's how the Living Bible paraphrases this verse. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. In other words, David's saying, Lord, help us count our days. Help us count our days. Help us to understand that there's only so many of them to go around. Just so many. And then give us the wisdom that it takes to make our days count. See, we've all been tempted to say, you know, one time or another, someday I'm going to do better. Someday I'm going to get organized. Someday I'm going to get serious about God. Someday I'm going to get serious about my health. Someday I'm going to get serious about spending real time with my family. Someday I'm going to do something about this or about that. We've all been tempted to say that. Here's a fact. Every day, every single day, we have been given 1,440 minutes. It's a gift. And it's a gift that's given to those who are powerful and strong, as well as those who are given to the weak. Those that society holds up, as well as those that society would rather not look at. Everybody, everyone has been given 1,440 days. We have this, our, our minutes. We have the, 
the, the same number of minutes to work with. So the question is this. What are we doing with our 1,440 minutes? I'm going to give you some homework today. I'm going to give you some, I know, I know school is out. I, I, I know, and, and you know, we, we have some, some graduates with us, um, and last thing they want to do is think about homework. But I'm going to give you some homework today. This week, and sooner rather than later, I want you to set aside some time and think about what is important enough for you to do every single day. What is important enough for you to do every single day? What matters the most? Is it time alone with God? Is it time with your family? Is it, is it you know, uh, uh, exercise? Is it uh, uh, reading? Is it, you know, getting enough sleep? Whatever it is, only you can say what it is for you. Only you can put down what it is for you. What's important enough for you to do every single day? See, the FDA gives us uh, nutritional minimum daily requirements. In order to stay healthy, you've got to eat, you know, so much of this and consume so much of this and so much of this, you know, at least this much from each food group. Or now, I guess, they've done away with the four food groups a while back, and they've got the food pyramid or whatever. But from each section, you've got to have this, and it's important to have this. And, and you know, what I'm talking about is writing down your minimum daily requirements for the things that you consider a top priority for your life. Things that you need to do that you intend to do every day, no matter what. Good day, bad day, you're going to do these things. You know, busy day, slow day, you're going to do these things. Boss is in a bad mood, spouse is in a bad mood, you're in a bad mood, whatever it is, you're going to do these things every day. It's your minimum list, minimum daily list. And I can't make it for you, but you know the things that you need to do for your life. You know them. You know what a good day looks like. So take some time this week, think about what your priorities are, and decide to make each one a part of your daily life from now on. If you need to put it on a schedule, then write it down in a schedule. Some of you do not like schedules. Some of you do not like calendars. Some of you don't care what day it is, but write it down so that you'll do it. It's the things that you do consistently, day in and day out, that determine whether your life is defined by liberty or by captivity and being stuck. So I'm challenging you, make that list, and then that will move you in the direction of freedom. Now, in order to make the most of each day, you need to recognize the significance of three principles, and I want to give them to you this morning. Three principles that will help you develop the habit of living each day to the fullest. First off, recognize the significance of one. <clears throat> significance of one. Everything in life is made up of ones. Right? Everything in life is made up of ones. If you have a million dollars, say you have a million dollars, it's like you're saying that you have one million one dollar bills right? But everything is made up of ones. Here's a problem. When we have an abundance of certain things, you've got, a, you've, you've got just an abundance of, uh, of something, whatever it is, 
we, we tend to lose sight of the value of that thing. We, we, we tend to fall victim to the there's plenty more where that came from syndrome when you have an abundance. And we might not be as careful as we could with each one or as we should with each one. When you feel you have an unlimited supply of something, you tend to waste what you have. You fail to appreciate it, right? Some of you heard me tell this story before, but I used to live in New York State for a few years of my uh, life, small town in New York State in Westchester County for a few years growing up. Uh, and we lived around the corner from my cousin's house, and they had, was it eight kids or ten kids? And a dog. Yeah, I forget if it's eight or ten, but, it, but it's a lot of kids. So, but one of them was, was about my age, so we'd hang around out a lot, and we would um, sometimes walk to town together, you know, it was, you know probably miles or, or so down the road to this little triangle shopping center and that to a Grant's department store. Remember, anybody here familiar with Grant's department store? Yeah, we would go to Grant's. Well, we would go to Grant's, and we'd, you know, buy candy or whatever, and then there's this one day, I mean, we went there, and my cousin, he looked at it, uh, he's looking at the candy, and he realized that if you buy, he's looking at candy corn, okay, and he realized that if you buy, if you bought it in bulk, you'd save a little bit, a few pennies per pound. It was cheaper to buy, you know, a pound than it was to buy, you know, a half pound and then go in and buy another half pound, okay, so... He bought some candy corn. He bought a 10-pound bag. <laughs> Do you know how much a 10-pound bag of candy corn is? I'll give you a clue. It weighs about 10 pounds. I mean, it's that big. I mean, it's huge. And he, you know, so he got that. We started eating it, and we started walking back home. Any candy corn lovers here? I love candy corn. But I don't know about you, but there's something about candy corn that you can just eat so much, and then your mouth gets funky. Do you know what I mean? Do you realize, anybody else feel the same way? It's like you get so much, and all of a sudden, ugh, but you still want to eat more, but your mouth is saying, no, I can't take any more of it. So we're starting eating on the way back, and we get to that funky mouth place. And so he starts, you know, we're walking around, and he's got this bag, and he's just starts tossing it. You know, kind of like the story of the, was it, Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs, you know, whatever, finding the way. But he starts tossing the, the candy cane, you know, one or two pieces at a time, you know, all the way back home, you know. And, you know, his thought was, we've got 10 pounds of candy corn here. I can afford to just... You know, I don't know why he was doing it, but it was like he didn't appreciate the fact that he's throwing away his savings. You know, whatever he saved in buying the, that large thing, he's just throwing it away. And, and, and that, and anyway, he could have had candy corn for life, but no, he starts throwing it. He didn't appreciate the one because it had lost significance because it got lost in this endless supply of candy corn. And that's how we are with things sometimes. That's how, how we are when, when we have, we, we see that we have, or it feels like we have an endless supply. Now, that's how we can be sometimes 
with our days. Especially when you're younger, you feel like you can live forever. You know, when I was 20, it's like I was going to live forever. You know, you don't think that you have a limited number of days. I mean, you wouldn't really say that, but the way we act, the way we think, oh, I can do this another day. I can wait another day. We feel like sometimes that we have this almost endless number of days, and the fact is you and I only have a limited number of days on this planet. And for that reason, we need to learn to recognize the significance or the value of one, of this day, of today. And I'm talking about the principle of appreciation. The principle of appreciation, recognizing the value of what is in your life, of what you have that day. Realize that every single day matters. None of us have throwaway days. None of us have this 10-pound bag of days, you know, that we're walking around with that we can afford to just toss one out on the road as we go, oh, I don't need this day, I don't need that day, and just toss it aside. Every time we catch ourselves saying, one of these days, I'm going to get this taken care of. One of these days, I'm going to get this straightened out. One of these days, I'm going to take care of business. I'm going to do what I should. When you find yourself you know, hearing that, then if you stop and listen real closely, you may just hear the Holy Spirit whispering, what about today? Why not today? Book of 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote, Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. He's saying today's the day. Today is the day. Today, we live in a time of favor. Favor with God. We live in an age of grace. It's a day, this day is a day to take hold of what Christ has made available to us. Today is. Not wait till tomorrow, not to wait till the next day or the next day, but today God has given us favor. Today God has given us grace. Today God has given us the opportunity to take hold of what God has given us. If you want to be set free, if you want to be unstuck, then embrace the principle of appreciation and recognize the, signif the significance of one. Each day, one day, every day. Second thing we need to recognize we need to recognize the significance of two. Significance of two. What do I mean? I'm talking about the principle of repetition. 
repetition. If something is important enough to do once, it's important enough to do twice. See, the thing about the Christian life, it's, there, there, there's nothing about it that makes it a one-and-done experience. I mean, sure, when we accept Christ, when we come to faith in Jesus, we accept Him as Lord and Savior of our life, that is a one-time experience. And we, you know, we receive Him as our Lord. We're, we're born again through a, 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 a living hope. That's not, you know, but that's not a one-and-done thing. That's a one-and-you've-just-begun thing. It's a one day that it happens, but you've just begun on this journey. You've just begun to follow Him, and you continue to follow Him one day at a time until the end of your days. When I talk about the significance of two, what I'm talking about is a habit of repeating Day after day, those things which matter the most in your life. The things that matter the most. Recording industry, there's this uh, phenomenon that we're all familiar with. Um, one hit wonders, right? How many of you? What are some of your favorite one hit wonders? Anybody? What? Flock of seagulls? All right. Who else? Yeah. Take on me? All right. All right. Who else? Let's, let's have some brave, you know, who else has got a one-hit wonder? Achy Breaky. <laughs> the thing about Achy Breaky is it's a wonder that ever became a hit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When that came out, the kids used to make fun of me. Because I could never get the words right, and I would refer to the song as, um, let me see. Don't you go breaking my achy, breaky, or something like that. I mean, I would totally get the words wrong, and the kids would always make fun of me. Anyway, yeah, one more. We got to do, I can't, we cannot end on achy, breaky heart, please. Anybody? No more. Oh... What? Hey, Mickey, with the 80s? Yeah. That's another one. It's a wonder that ever made it a hit. Anyway, all right, we're going to end this before we get too far off. But, you know, it's, it, artist or band, they, hit a, they get a song that, you know, makes it at the top of the charts. It makes it really big, and, and it's the only hit they ever have, and they just kind of fade away. Well, sometimes, you know, those one-hit wonders make enough money for the artist that the artist can live for decades, on the royalties of it. I mean, that's the amazing thing. You know, so you've got some bands that, that strive forever, and they work, and they, they get all these hits, and they're, they're broke, but then sometimes you got somebody who does a one-hit wonder, and he has, you know, they have, you know, enough on the royalties for, for decades to come. Um, <laughs> but in the Christian life, there's no such thing as a one-hit wonder. You can't coast for decades on the strength of one good thing that you did or one good thing that happened or one good day that you have. You have to recognize the value of two. Living in freedom, victorious living, is the result of repetition. And it's a result of doing the right thing again and again, day after day. In the book of Revelation, Jesus spoke to the church at Ephesus, and he said uh, in Revelation 2.5, 
Look how far you've fallen. And he, then he says this, turn back to me and do the works you did at first. Do the works you did at first. He's talking about the importance of continuing to do that which matters the most again and again. If you want to get unstuck, then take the homework list that I gave you earlier, once you make that up, and then nail down you know, what you consider to be the most important things to do on a daily basis and put the principle of repetition to work. Remember the significance of two and do what matters again and again. I'm saying that you, you don't just have a morning devotional once. You have it again tomorrow. You don't just eat a healthy meal once, you do it again tomorrow. You don't just spend time, quality time, sitting down with your family once, you do it again tomorrow. Recognizing the significance of two means that you recognize the importance of repetition. You're doing that which matters most, you know, and you're, you're doing it and then doing it again and again. Now, third thing you need to recognize, and you might be able to guess what this is if you've been paying attention, and what's that? Who can tell me what point number three is? Recognize the significance of three. All right, you see a pattern coming here. You know, one, two, three, okay, some of you see it. What I'm talking about here, the significance of three, um, demonstrates the principle of momentum. Momentum. The hardest part of any uh, of anything really is the initial startup. Once you start something, once you start moving in one direction, you begin to pick up speed and it gets easier, right? How many have ever had to push a car that ran out of gas? Okay. What happens as you push that car? You start off, especially if you are pushing it by yourself. You ever had to do that? One time I ran out of gas, and I was so lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it. I ran out of gas, and I coasted right to the gas pump. It's when we lived in Fort Wayne. I, I, it ran out, and it died, and it just had just enough to coast up to the gas pump. It doesn't usually happen that way. Anybody ever have it happen that way? Anybody else? That's what I thought. You have? Isn't it amazing when that happens? I mean, if you've got to run out of gas, there's no better place to run out than when you're pulling up to a gas tank. Anyway, usually it doesn't happen that way. And if you're pushing the car by yourself, what do you do? When you open the front door... You've got one hand on the wheel, you're pushing with your shoulder on the, uh, the door frame of the car, and you're trying everything you can get to get that car moving, right? And then once you get it moving, it's a lot easier to keep it going, right? It's a lot easier. In fact, if there's a slight incline, you might have to jump in at some point and put a foot on the brake, which is, seems counterproductive when you're pushing a car, but otherwise... You could go where you don't want to go. Anyway, once you get something moving, it's a lot easier to keep it going. So you push hard at first, the car starts rolling, and, you know, and, and it's moving. That's how momentum works. Every day you spend doing what matters the most motivates you to do it again. And the next day motivates you to do it again. And the next day, it's easier to do it again. Most of you know I've been working out this year. Um, 
trying to, uh, uh, to get in shape. And I tell you, there, 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 there's one thing in particular that I dreaded, one exercise. It's a, a, a bench sit-up where you lay on a bench and your feet hook under this thing, and then you have to do sit-ups. And I had to do, like, she had me doing three reps of 12 each, okay? And sometimes it's like I was in such a, I couldn't do it. I would about kill myself doing it. And then the next day, and then the next day, and I reached a point where finally, now I can do it. I can do 12 without killing myself without totally, you know, collapsing after I'm done. I can do three, three reps of 12 because each time I'm building something the mo- and the momentum is, go- is, is going, the momentum is adding. Every time you, you repeat something again and again, it gets easier and easier. It's, it's the, the momentum of, uh, of living one good day after another where we experience the greatest victories in our life. One day after another. That's why King Solomon said in, in, in Proverbs 13, 4, he says, The soul of the diligent is richly supplied. The soul of the diligent is richly supplied. He also said the hand, in Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule. See, d- diligence is another word for consistency. You're being diligent about something. You're being consistent with something. Consistency is what builds momentum. You see, we're talking about living in freedom, about living in victory. When we talk about victory, typically we like to think about winning big battles, right? I mean, I've always liked to read about World War II and the Civil War and... And, you know, you see this, you know, great victory that was won at this place or there at that place, you know, and, and you look at Gettysburg or you look at all these different, you know, battles that were run, and, and they're, they're big victories. And the big victory might, might turn the tide of the war, right? We've got to start realizing that most victories are won in the little things. You know, yes, we're all going to have big victories in our lives at some point. But the thing that keeps you going is the victory in the little things. The victories in the things that I do and that I get right and that I know that I'm supposed to do, that I do it this day. Yes. And then the next day you do it again. Yes. And the victory, one small victory at a time. It's the, it's, it's, the victory is won in the small decisions and the actions that we do every day. So we have the significance of one, and that's the principle of appreciation where we recognize the value of each day. And we have the significance of two where we begin to have that repetition, you know, doing what matters the most, doing it again. And then the significance of three with the principle of momentum. And that is you get the ball rolling and you begin some con- to develop consistency. And if you falter, 
or if you hesitate, or if you fail, then you just get right up and keep doing it again. And, and you know, it, it, the, the quicker you get up, the quicker you can tap into the strength of the momentum that was already going, right? You're pushing that car, and, you know, you're pushing it, and you've got it going, and you slip and stumble. Well, if you get right up again and start pushing again, that before that car fully stops, you can keep it going. And that's what we need to do with the things in our lives. That's how we're going to uh, uh, begin to enjoy everyday freedom, everyday victory. See, as we said before, success, short-lived, it lasts a day. And the victory is a day. And then tomorrow we get up and we do it again. And that's how we continue to take it longer. Whenever you're ready, you can live a life empowered by freedom today. Today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. There's nothing from stopping you from making the most of this day. The Lord's given you and he's given me 1,440 minutes. And we can live it in freedom when we do what matters the most. Take our eyes off everything around us. Quit thinking about you know, what we don't have and instead choose to live this day in freedom. And to, to, to live doing this day what really matters. So, what matters the most to you? Do that today. And then get up tomorrow and do it again. Does the worship team come on up? starts with deciding who's going to run your life. Not just in some general, oh yeah, you know, God's in charge kind of sense. But in calling the shots today. Who's going to call the shots in your life today? The decisions that you make today. And then the plans that you make tomorrow. And then Tuesday. And then Wednesday. Each day we wake up. And while there are no promises for the day, if it's a normal day, we each have 1,440 minutes. Each day we get to decide what we're going to do with each of those minutes. We wake up, start a new day, the new commitment to say, I'm going to use this day and I'm going to follow Jesus today. That's where it starts. We're going to follow him today. And if you've never decided that that's where your life is going, 
that you're going to give your life to him. So giving your life to Jesus isn't just making a once in a, you know, once uh, raising your hand in church and making a decision of, oh, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. Sounds great. Sounds good. I love the idea of being forgiven for all the wrong I've done and, and then walk out of here and, and, you know, forget all about it. It's saying every minute of today, I'm handing my life over to Jesus, letting him direct what I do because he's God so I'm going to stop playing God in my life I'm going to stop calling the shots I'm going to give myself to him that means it's whether it's a good day or a bad day whether good stuff is going on in your life or you're in the toughest spot in your life it's saying Lord you call the shots I'm making my decisions based on your direction based on your word based on what you are saying to me not what I feel like at the moment and we begin to follow him today and then tomorrow and the next day and the next and the next and we get that momentum going but it starts with an initial yes Lord I'm turning from my life as it was and I'm turning towards you and I'm coming to you you can make that decision if you've never made it before you can make that decision right here right now not some other day not tomorrow not the day after that not when you get everything else in your life all in order Jesus is saying do it now today is the day today is a day of favor Today is a day of grace. So I'm going to close your eyes. If you're here today and you need to make that decision today and you've not made it, then I want you to just slip your hand up in the air. You know you want to make it now. Father, I pray right now and ask that you would help each one of us to recognize the significance of one living each day for you and making this day count for you. Show us the things that are really important in our lives as we sit down this week and, 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 and make our list. Show us the things that need to be on that list. Because, Lord, if we're living our lives for you, then you need to determine and to show each one of us what it is that belongs on that list. And help us to grasp the significance of two that it's not just a once and done thing but that Lord we need to do what's, what matters not just the one time but then the next day to get up and do it again and then to move into the momentum where we pick it up again and do it again and then again and then again and then again as we do those things, Lord, we recognize that we'll be walking in freedom. 
walking out of our prisons will be getting unstuck and moving in the direction that you're leading us. And we thank you for that, for the freedom that you want to bring into our lives every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close with one more worship song as the ushers come and receive the offering. Um, those of you that uh, um, uh, are giving uh, physically through, uh, through the offering here that we're taking today, the ushers are going to come and you can put that in the bag as it comes your way. Also put the uh, uh, connect card, the green connect card that you filled out in the bag as it comes your way. We'll make sure that it gets to the proper place um, and uh, those of you that are giving electronically you can do that through the Tithely app uh, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks we've got a new electronic app that you can uh, download on your phone and give that way or go to our website uh, bloomingtonvineyard.com and uh, there's a link there that you can give electronically. So however, whatever works best for you, uh, go ahead and, and do that. But let's stand and worship as the ushers come.